Well, hi there. If you're a visitor joining us live on Zoom this morning or on our YouTube channel, you are really welcome. I don't know if some of you remember, but this year marks the 20th anniversary of the day that the independent newspaper made its famous prediction. The church will be dead in 40 years' time. Hope you're feeling encouraged. And 20 years on, Phil Moore, one of our New Frontiers Bible teachers, asks the very poignant question, are we half dead then? There's a thought. But he also asks the question whether there's any significance to the fact that as we reach the halfway mark through the final 40 years that the independent has given us, we find ourselves in a strange hiatus moment, a break, an interval for the Western church. Is God giving us, he asks, a pause so that he can share with us a few halftime reflections? This isn't unusual for the church, by the way. The English writer Thomas Woolston predicted the demise of the Western, uh, a demise of Western Christianity in 1710, shortly before the great revival that came through George Whitfield and John Wesley. There was also the French philosopher Voltaire, who also predicted the death of Western Christianity towards the end of the 18th century shortly before the missionary movement of the 19th and 20th centuries, which actually produced more converts to Christ than the previous 18 centuries combined. However, throughout biblical and post-biblical history, this isn't just a done deal. God is always looking for a people of faith. As you know, God has been stirring us with the passage from the Bible that you will remember from Paul Winston's Bedsheet Sunday and also Jeremy's encouragement, both based on Isaiah 54. This is how it reads. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen then your stakes. For you will spread out to the right, to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. And really, it speaks of three things, I think, this passage. It speaks of future growth and flourishing. The tent isn't full, but God says, by faith, make it bigger. In expectation of what I'm going to do. It also speaks of work to be done. Lengthen those cords, strengthen those stakes. God wants a people who are robust, courageous and bold in him. Do not fear, says God, even in the midst of insult, hardship and setback. And thirdly, to me, it speaks of new ground, new nations, new breakthroughs, new places, a frontline people who will place themselves and their resources effectively where it matters. Tom Wright uh, phrases it like this. We live and breathe where heaven and earth overlap and interlock and we humans are called to stand and live and work at the dangerous place where that happens, where those tectonic plates that cause big earthquakes and tsunamis grind together. 
And so over the coming weeks, I want to share a few thoughts on what we as elders see as the next season. Today is about the broad overview, the wide angle lens, if you like, unpacking what is becoming our vision statement, actually, bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. And then over the following two weeks, I want to look in a bit more detail at the key spotlight areas that we feel God is calling us to focus on over the next three years or so. Over the years, Jubilee, you have excelled in faith. You have stepped out into the unknown. You have touched Teesside, the nation and the nations. You have been generous and trusting. You have lifted up the poor and the marginalised. You have brought multicoloured people together. You have brought salvation to the lives of many. You have demonstrated the gospel all over the place. On behalf of all of us at Jubilee, can I say a big well done. Thank you for role modelling a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, joy-overflowing, power-releasing church in action to me and my family and to all of us, bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone everywhere. Up until now, I haven't really unpacked this vision statement with you. Rather, we've let it live amongst you for a little while. We've let it grow. We've let it say what it says. Not the usual leadership script when it comes to declaring vision, I know. But that's what I felt God say to do. Rather than just, ta- rather than just a special tag or a st- strap line, God wanted to make it our destination, a picture of the future that inspires a passion in all of us, an overarching God-given mandate that helps us keep on track. However, today I do want to say a few words on it. So firstly, it begins with bringing. There are lots of churches out there, good churches. And basically, they all operate under two strategies. They either primarily say, come to us. It's a drawing in strategy, which is probably the majority of traditional churches. Or there is the bringing, sending, going outward focus strategy. What I've noticed over the years is that the coming strategy requires a handful of people to put on a show for you. But the bringing, going, sending strategy requires all of us, more of us, to take what we have in our hands to everyone, everywhere, big and small. Probably the most important word in Jesus' great commission is actually the word go. Lockdown has highlighted that more than ever. Church has been scattered across our neighbourhoods and nations like never before. Those of you on the front line, those of you meeting some of your neighbours for the very first time, all of those acts of kindness in the name of Jesus, those of you responding to people's curiosity about faith and Christianity, those of you who have been creatively declaring the gospel through social media, those watching our church online services. In fact, all of our coming venues have been shut down. I believe this is going to be a key gear shift. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. We will 
be meeting to worship again, gathering God's church to worship and praise him and growing him in growing God is so important. But I believe going forward, the success of Jubilee is not going to be based on how many people we gather or how big our church meetings are rather on how many lives are changed, how many stories we have to share of the gospel making a difference, how many nations are touched, how many poor and marginalised are shown dignity and value, how Jesus changes not just the 10% of our church life and meetings, but rather the other 90% of our everyday life with Jesus and others at work, at school, at uni, with friends and family, in our streets, at hope, at the open door, in sparklers, right out there bringing light to darkness. That's what I want to be praising and worshipping and celebrating God for on Sundays. As Isaiah 54 declares, our maker is our husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. We want to make Jesus's gospel accessible and transformational right on the front line in everything we do. Going forward, God is calling us to make this an emphasis. John Hosea writes, in the church, we expect to see signs of the kingdom going out. So if God's will is not being expressed through the church going out, then is the church really being the church at all? Bringing, going, sending. Secondly, what do we bring? What do we go with? We bring the joy news of Jesus. That's what the gospel is, isn't it? Good news, joy news. But once again, God is revealing to us just how big his gospel is. In church settings, we have a tendency to make his big gospel too small. In church settings, we sometimes think of it as a bare minimum ticket to heaven or saving the, or saying the prayer in the back of the Alpha book and we're done. We don't need the gospel anymore after that. No, Jesus' gospel, his joy news is much, much bigger and ongoing. This joy news jubilee changes the whole of our life for the whole of our life. Matthew's gospel tells us Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread like wildfire. That was Jesus's news. The kingdom of God has now through him become available for ordinary human beings like you, like me, your work colleagues and your next door neighbour and your mum and dad and sister and brother and nephew and nieces and grandchildren to be a part of. It's here now. You can see it change your world. Jubilee, Jesus invites you to be changed by his big gospel of the kingdom. And get this, to become an agent of that very kingdom, to experience God's reign in your own life, body and will, and then 
to become a conduit, a channel of God's power and joy and love to a bruised and bleeding world all around you. That was his joy news. Jesus said in Matthew 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I believe this is a season where Jesus' gospel is going to spread like wildfire. Sadly, we've seen the destructive power of fires in California, but the fire of God is very different. In the world's most famous prayer, Jesus says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His promise is, I'm going to bring up there, down here. Not beam me up, Scotty, or I'm a Christian, get me out of here. No, it's an understanding and an outworking of make up there, come down here. Make things down here run the way they do up there. This is what we feel is so important as we call the whole church to a faith-filled, joyful, sacrificial gift day this year. God is placing, on, placing us on the front line. We are deliberately giving as an act of faith to frontline areas, whether that's to advance our frontline Jubilee vision. We'll be bringing Gavin on full time in the next few weeks to broaden our leadership team to help make this happen. We'll be given, giving some of our gift data to local projects that are faithfully serving on the front line in this COVID season, as well as to the works of the Lighthouse Church in Yalava, as they form their apostolic base in Turkey, at the front line, the gateway of the persecuted Muslim world. Do you believe this year's gift day is a frontline act of faith? We are all on the front line. Give generously, pray earnestly, put your treasure where you want to take your heart on an adventure to. Bill Johnson writes, The fullness of the Spirit in us is measured primarily by how much of it overflows out of us and touches the world all around us. Thirdly, bringing the joy news of Jesus finally to everyone everywhere. Now, your first reaction to that might be, isn't that a bit too wide and broad and, well, quite frankly, overwhelming? Yes, that's what faith's about. What does Jesus say to a handful of ragtag, fumbling, terrified disciples before he ascends to heaven? He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. He says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is a season of no limits thinking, Jubilee. No limits is costly, it's uncomfortable, it's demanding. In this COVID season, God is shaking up the Western church. In an interview with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he lamented, I think it is one of the tragedies of our nation, one of the most shameful tragedies, that 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning is one of the most segregated hours there is. King was then talking about ethnic barriers in that lament, and that is still the case in many of our churches across the UK. But there are other barriers too. 
social, gender, sexuality issues, addiction, criminality, mental health, all sorts. I remember some years ago now when uh, Steve Witt, a uh, former elder here who planted a brilliant church, a thriving church in Hull now, prophesied over us that we were to be like a tree that birds of all kinds and colours would find refuge and safety. A place to call home, no limits. In the famous dialogue of the parable of the Good Samaritan, um, in Luke 10, a religious law expert asks Jesus, what do you think I must do, Jesus, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers, love God and love your neighbour with everything you have. The first part was about making God central, an intimacy and an, and a knowing God that is experienced and real and life-changing. The second bit, love your neighbour, as yourself, is what causes the law expert a problem. Because it says he wanted to justify himself. So he asked, and who is my neighbour then, Jesus? The irk in that question is about limits. Basically, the law expert is saying, surely you don't mean anyone, Jesus. Even worse, surely you don't mean everyone. And Jesus says, in answer to the Jewish law expert's question, you know what? That reminds me of a story. And in the story, the parable, Jesus speaks of a hero, a Samaritan, who is on his way to Jericho and comes across a Jewish man beaten up and lying on the floor. In those days, Jews and Samaritans generationally bitterly hated each other. Culturally different, racially different, religiously different. Yet in Jesus' story, quite remarkably, against all the odds, this Samaritan stops and gives us all to this dying Jewish man. No limits. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Jubilee, God is calling us to go and do likewise. As Ray prophesied some years ago now at the prayer meeting in the old woodshed, those of you around, in here we'll look just like out there. No limits. Everyone, everywhere is expressing our no limits heart for Teesside, this nation and the nations. It's expressing an all-out faith and bigness of spirit towards others, especially the unlikely ones, the marginalised, the poor, the ethnically excluded and disadvantaged, crossing divides, bringing oneness and difference together. Jesus is multicoloured, diverse, beautiful, countercultural, joyful church. Bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. So folks, that's the big picture. Bringing, going, sending people, provision, prayer, hope, God's wisdom and power right where those tectonic plates collide. The front line. Bringing what? The gospel. The joy news of Jesus, which changes everything. Not just something that happens right at the start of our Christian walk. But in marriage too, and in singleness and loneliness and in illness and recession and racism and strategy and service and dying and poverty and schools and universities. 
to Open Door, to The Hope Foundation, to Sparklers, to Food Bank, to Safe Families for Children, to our Muslim brothers and sisters, to the marketplace, to our streets, to our Christ Central family, to our Transforming Teesside Together clan too, and the nations, to everyone, everywhere, no limits. That's what you're giving over the coming weeks to. Give with passion and excitement jubilee, but most of all, give with big, big faith. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And because you're wondering, by the way, the church isn't half dead. It's very much alive. Everyone has realised that now. But this post-COVID season, a season of recession and difficulty and pain, is God's megaphone jubilee to rouse a deaf church. And we are called to be right there on the front line, bringing the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere.